Hi, this is Seth Mosley, and you're listening to the Full Circle Music Show, the why of the music biz. Thanks for tuning in again this week. We are very thankful to have with us on the show Stacy Wilbur, music industry veteran publisher. She's been at EMI Country, Brentwood Benson Music, Capitol Records, and is now doing a bit of freelance publishing consulting, including work for the notorious Full Circle Music Company, which you may or may not have heard of. We got a chance to sit down and uh, talk with her about her entire journey to Nashville, moving to Nashville, growing up, listening to music, being a girl in the music business, and uh, what publishing kind of looks like and how her role has changed and evolved over the years to even doing some management work nowadays. So I've gotten to know Stacy over the last couple of years and she is a trooper. If you're a girl wanting to get into the business, she is someone to look up to. So you're not gonna wanna miss any of her stories. Stick around to the end of this episode. And before we jump in, I just want to give you a quick message about the Music Makers Boot Camp, which is almost sold out. Are you an aspiring artist, producer, or songwriter? Have you ever wanted to break into the music business but didn't know where to start? Would you be interested in spending a weekend with some of the leaders in the industry? Well, here is your opportunity. It's called the Music Makers Boot Camp, and it's happening January 25th through 28th live in Franklin, Tennessee. It's going to be happening at the legendary Sound Kitchen Studios, where records like Taylor Swift, Paramore, Keith Urban, Bruce Springsteen, and many more have been made. You'll be learning in these rooms where multi-platinum songs have come to life, and we'll be bringing in some of the best and the brightest who are doing it every day to share their wisdom, knowledge, and experience. This is a great opportunity for you to take your music production, songwriting, or artistry skills to the next level. The music industry doesn't have to be some big secret. Me and the other coaches really want to share what we are doing with you. Come and learn it with us. Registration is now open at fullcirclegoeslive.com. Again, that's fullcirclegoeslive.com. It's limited to only 40 spots, so get yours now. These sell out quick, so don't miss your chance. I'll see you there. So as you can tell, it's going to be awesome. Music Makers Boot Camp, the first time. We had over a 9.3 out of 10 rating from all the attendees. It was our very first time doing it. This next time is going to be even better than that. And we've got a lineup of powerhouse music industry speakers and panelists and faculty that are going to be with us. So you're going to want to make sure to grab one of those last few slots that are available. Before we do that, I want you to just zone in, focus, be here for the interview, and let's jump into the studio with Stacy Wilbur. We're here in the studio, Full Circle Music Show, Seth Mosley here with... I'm X. X O'Connor, we've got Stacy Wilbur in the house. Stacy Wilbur here in the house. <laughs> Veteran Nashville music <laughs> publisher. And uh, I was trying to think of the word. I couldn't think of the word. 
There's a oh boss babe. That's boss the new boss babe. babe. There you go. Boss babes. That's like that's the, new, the first. For, I've never heard that. That's before. like the new hashtag. <laughs> I don't know, but boss babe. Okay. That's that's. Mm, you, I'm not sure. I, I done and completely done. love that. But. You've been you've been given the hashtag. Boss babe. So okay. There we I'll go. Take it. Yeah. Exactly. So we we work together. We do a bit of publishing together. We do a bit of everything together. What what's what's your story? How did you get into music and end up in Nashville? The whole thing. The whole thing. Well, it is. You know, I actually was at the uh, Grand Ole Opry fr- uh, Saturday night and I was walking through that uh, process of my dream to move to Nashville. I grew up in a really small town of Tecancha, Michigan with 740 people in our small town. Wow. I always say 739 <laughs> because I, I moved away because yeah. nobody, nobody <laughs> leaves. Yeah. I always had big dreams. It was my friends thought I was crazy and... I just always wanted to go places and do things and saw the bigger picture than just living in in my little town, which is completely fine, but I, I just wanted to go somewhere. And my family, my parents introduced me to country music and just music in general. My dad loved you know rock music. He also loved people like the Bee Gees and mm-hmm. Gordon Lightfoot and different things like that. But my mom was a hardcore country music fan. And so we started coming to Nashville for what is now called CMA Week, mm-hmm. um, used to be called Fanfare. Oh, wow. And it was at the old fairgrounds here in Nashville. Oh yeah. And I started coming in 1982. And I was a little girl and I just fell in love with country music. I also fell in love with talking to artists and the under kind of like the underdog like I had this heart and passion for as a 10 year old little girl for artists that were standing there at their booths and nobody was getting their autograph while Barbara Mandrell or Conway Twitty or the Judds Alan Jackson were had a, a ton of people lined up I would go and get different people's autographs and I still have those books. And one of those people was um, Patty Loveless. And oh, no wow. one knew who she was at that time. So that's kind of where I got my my love of music and kept saying, I'm going to move to Nashville one day. And my family was like, yes, okay, sure. <laughs> Pat me on the, on the back. And I ended up going to college. I'm a bit of a planner. And so I decided to get a degree in elementary education, which is something I also love to do. But my plan was get a degree in elementary education, move to Nashville, teach school, and then see what I could do in the music industry. Because I also thought that, you know, you're from a small town and you sing and you do that thing that everybody else does here in Nashville and you think you're amazing. And so I thought I wanted to be an artist. And um, so that was in the back of my my mind. I was That's part of what the plan was for me. And um, moved to Nashville in 1994 and didn't have a job or a place to live. Wow. Was 21 and again, my family thought I was crazy, but I just, I had a dream. I used to go to see the Judds and Winona Judd used to say, let my dream become your dream. And she used to talk about how her, you know, her journey of becoming a country artist. And I just thought, well, she can do it. And she came from nothing. I can do that too. And so that's really some of what brought me to Nashville. I was definitely a fan of the music. I was in fan clubs and, you know, it was <laughs> definitely that true fan, not ever believing that I would actually um, end up here. I think I just showed up. I showed up and uh, 
gained relationships. So I, I moved here in 94. I taught school for, for a year and then just spent the rest of the weekends going to shows, meeting people, starting relationships. Got to know a girl named Allison Durham Spear, who's a part of the Spear family of the Southern Gospel Group. Mm-hmm. And um, she was on the road with, <laughs> I'm just going to show my age, with Wayne Watson. Wow. And I used to go out on the road with her. We became friends. We went, you'd go on the road with them on the weekends. And then, you know, there would be times when we'd go out with this, this little thing called the homecoming and with Bill and Gloria Gaither, who I knew nothing about. I was not a Christian. I had just, when I moved to Nashville, gave my life to the Lord. So I really knew nothing about Christian music or who they were or what artist was what. And it was just a good um, education for me to to sit and sit under Gloria and Bill and the and the Spear family and Allison and just learn about about music because as you know in that homecoming crew you've got a whole slew of of artists and the Gaither vocal band and Mark Lowry and that whole crew yeah. so that's kind of how I entered into Nashville and the business and then for the summer I ended up working at a music company called 615 Music Productions. Randy Walkler is actually still there. It's now called Warner Chapel Productions, mm-hmm. I believe. And I was the receptionist. I was basically willing to do anything because I just, at that point, realized after a year of being here, realized I love being behind the scenes. As I just mentioned earlier, <laughs> I don't always love being in front of a microphone, but I love being behind the scenes. And I was when I was out with Allison, I would realize... I don't really like being up here on the stage. I want to be behind the scenes. I want to be behind the board. I want to help with the merchandise or help promote this uh, this tour. So anything behind the scenes is what I felt like I was called to do. So working as a receptionist at 615, it was great because I got to know so many people within the country music industry and had great opportunities to meet the Jordanaires at the time they came in to do some TV sync spots. And um, yeah, that was a really, really great time. And then I got a call that there was a job opened at EMI Christian, went over there and I was there for a very long time. I was working with uh, Rick Kua and just that incredible team that was over there at the time that was an amazing experience. We, when I was there, was the start of worship together, mm-hmm. and people like Chris Tomlin and Matt Redman, the whole Passion team. That was um, just an amazing time to kind of be a part of that. Our mm-hmm. team in publishing actually went out and um, were a part of those conferences at the time, and so worked there. Then I, obviously, because of my country music love, I. Uh, became friends with some of the folks at EMI Country, mm-hmm. Gary Overton and Glenn Middleworth, Bruce Birch, and ended up taking a job over there and was their song plugger for many years and had an amazing time there as well. Obviously, learning and growing. And then I got a call probably six or seven years later from Dale Matthews having a crazy idea to kind of start this country um, leg of their publishing of Brentwood Benson. And I absolutely loved Dale Matthews and uh, was completely on board. Again, I'm all about, I love helping start things from from scratch, from nothing and brainstorming and just seeing where it goes. And it's so fun to look at a challenge ahead and go, let's, let's just, let's just try it out. And it was an amazing time there. Love 
loved the writers that we worked with there. And some of them I actually had worked with at EMI Christian, and some of them I had worked with at EMI Country. So it really was a little bit of full circle of being able to um, work with. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I did that just for you. That's right. Plugging it away. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a great experience. We had, you know, some great success in the, obviously the Christian market, but also in the country market. And um, Brian White and Steve Dean were some of the writers that we worked with who had a song that they wrote with Rodney Atkins that was up for Song of the Year. And it was a really exciting time. And then that position led into uh, um, over at Capitol. And um, I was there for a couple of years. And that right. again was also, you know, it's like every season that you go through, there's so much to learn and there's so much growth yep. if you're open and willing willing to receive that. And um, I loved working with Eddie DeGarmo. He was an amazing mentor, learned a lot from him. And that was an, a fantastic team that, that we had and mm-hmm. until present, which now <laughs> I'm kind of took some time off and was just asking the Lord what this new season looks like. And right now it looks like consulting for a bunch of different people. And I'm having so much fun. Someone the other day said, you look so happy. And and it's not that I wasn't happy before, but I feel like the Lord is filling me with more and more joy than I've ever had before and more and more excitement about music and the music industry. And, you know, even with everybody running around going, I don't know what's going to happen and streaming this and downloads are down and CDs. And it's like, I, I'm just so excited about the music because it really does. It all begins with a song. And if you don't have, if you don't have the great song, you really don't have it. There's yeah. like, there's nothing, there's yeah. nothing left. So sorry, that was a very no, long that's, explanation. No, that's but great. <laughs> that's probably the best yeah. told story from <laughs> the beginning. It was concise, but well, di- like very factual, very detailed. <laughs> It was win, great. You win the Full Circle Music Show Award for telling your story. Oh, yes. Thank you. Manner. It's awesome. You will receive a trophy oh, momentarily. Good. Thank you. It's, um, four to six weeks, maybe. Four to six we weeks. We might have to order. It's made of candy corn. <laughs> exactly. I, I'll take it. I was going to say, can it, be, well, can it be made of chocolate? Because okay. I don't really chocolate, like candy popcorn, corn. Whatever That's good. You like, I don't, I don't like work. candy corn either. That's a, <laughs> It's a they weird. have all those Anything now. chocolate is good. Okay. I don't do candy corn. Yeah. Cho- chocolate it is. Chocolate, chocolate it is. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been working in publishing for a while. Mm-hmm. Can you maybe give our listeners an idea of what makes a good publisher or different skills that you've maybe had to learn to help yourself excel in the publishing realm? Mm-hmm. I would say, first of all, t- what makes a good publisher is, uh, is a good song. You've got to have great songs in order to even have a publishing company. You have to have great songwriters, great songs. Um, you also have a, have to have a great team around you. It takes a village. And even as I'm doing some of these consulting things on my own right now, I need a team around me. I love having people that are more um, that are more expertise in certain areas than I am, and that's how I grow and learn. So great publisher, great team, great songs. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the things that I think that I have grown into, um, it's all about relationships. I mean, even as I share my story, it's, it, it, and even as I was at the Opry the other night, I ran into people that I knew when I was at 615 Music Productions. Mm -hmm. Devin O'Day, who's, who is now a radio announcer for WSM, was, was working for WSIX and she used to come in all the time. It's all about relationships and those relationships stand the test of time. 
and you know you never know when you're going to have to go back to that relationship mm-hmm. for for something else so great relationships being a good listener i think you know i like to fix things and so sometimes i think that i've had to learn to sit back and listen mm-hmm. better instead <laughs> of jumping in there and let's fix this and you know move on to the next thing but even as you work with songwriters you know everybody is so different and the joy now for me is is meeting a songwriter for the first time sometimes and like i was talking earlier setting goals for them mm-hmm. and figuring out you know who are they as a songwriter what what do they love to do outside yeah. of songwriting even you know really getting to know that person and just figuring out what their goals are and what what's the big plan down the road for you know what's the long term plan for this songwriter it's not just about signing a writer for one song although that sometimes happens yeah. but for me i love to create that plan for future yeah so yeah that's great. That's that's awesome. So you've worked with sounds like several different companies and a few different labels during the course of your time here. Do you feel like in this day and age, there's so much back and forth about uh, we need a label, we don't need a label, we need a label, we don't need a label. Where are you at on that? Because you're now kind of doing things sort of on your own, and you've been through a lot of the systems, worked at a lot of the systems, and. So I, I'm just kind of interested to know where where do you stand on that? You know, we work with labels all the time, but mm-hmm. we also completely understand the value of an artist just going for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think obviously I absolutely love labels. I, uh, you know, we work with so many great ones, mm-hmm. and I think that it all depends on what the artist needs. You know, what is what? There's so many different types of artists that are out there now. There's the independent artists that really just want, they just want their songs heard on iTunes or Spotify. They don't necessarily want or or need to tour. They just want to throw their songs up there. They're done. They're happy. But then you've got the other artists that, you know, they need they need a marketing plan. They, they see the bigger picture. They want to do big tours. They want to travel. They, you know, social media is key. And those are, those are times when you really need you need a village around you. You need a label and a label can really provide those those detailed things that you might need as an artist. They'll provide promotion and marketing and distribution and there's so many things that they can provide for you that if you're just an if you're an independent artist, you may not have those opportunities. They also provide so many relationships outside of what you may may or may not have so again i i think it really just depends we're in this i think years ago it was you had to have a record label in order to be heard we didn't have streaming we didn't have spotify and pandora and itunes you know we didn't have all that so it was really the only only way to be heard Mm -hmm. or to tour and you know and and do live events like that but now you can anyone can put their songs up on itunes or spotify and and get on playlists and so yes it it, i just think it really depends on what the artist what their goals are what their needs are and what they're they're focused on for their career what do you feel like some of the things that because before it was sort of about distribution why you need the label and partially because of the finances as well too you know labels nowadays can often make an artist who doesn't have the resources they can come in and be a partner in that way to get a project made, to get music videos done, to get them on, help 
with tour support, different different things. What do you feel like some of the benefits are nowadays for an artist signing to a label versus just doing it on their own? Well, yeah, I think it really is about. I'm just thinking of some of the 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 labels that I know, like that the opportunities that they have to get you in in front of people that you might not ever get a chance to get in front of. You know, mm-hmm. the labels are partnering with other people, publicity folks who can get you in front of Good Morning America, or get your songs into um, those TV shows, TV in sync. You know, it's a it's a a lot of times it's a partnership with the publishing company and the label too. And I think that that's more common now than ever before where, and I know I keep saying this, but it really does take a village. And so you, everybody needs to be working together in order to create opportunities for the artists um, because, there, because there are so many out there now because there are, there's, there's the limit is endless of artists and songwriters. Yeah. So, you know, I just think that they provide a lot of, a lot more opportunities than you can do on your own. Unless you, I've seen, artists who have had a record deal in the past and they have done well and they they have a lot of relationships with radio with with key people from the industry and they're able to you know do their own thing in that way because they've already set the platform but especially if you're a new artist it's really hard to meet those key people have those relationships with radio folks i mean we we haven't talked about that as much but you we're still listening to songs on radio and that still is key and again it's all about relationships so you want the best people around you that can get you into into those rooms and again it looks different for every single artist some artists are going to be radio artists and some artists are going to be more geared towards sync and so if, if they're geared towards sync then most likely they're not focused on radio, but we're going to do everything we can to get you on sync opportunities and get you into that, saturated into that world. Good answer. So what do you think that, or what do you feel that labels and publishers are looking for in artists that they're perhaps going to sign? Well, for me and, and probably labels as well, but I think it's about obviously about the talent you obviously want to sign a songwriter yeah. that is talented and has that gift mm-hmm. but i also think it's it's about the drive it's about the passion for the music i really when i'm meeting with younger songwriters or even songwriters that have done it for a while it's like i'm looking to see what's their drive level mm-hmm. are they still so passionate about doing this that they can't think of doing anything else like this is this is their day in and day out mm-hmm. I can't do anything else but be a songwriter mm-hmm. and they're passionate about doing it. They're the songwriters or the artists that aren't going to give up. I mean, we're kind of in a in an industry where you get no a lot. You get yeah. you, mm-hmm. we we you know as a publisher of song pluggers they call them. We're pitching songs every single day and a lot of times, you know, the the songs are passed on. It's a no, it's a pass. And you don't always get the answers for that, but you have to go back to the songwriter and say it's a pass, it's a pass. And after a while, that can drain on the songwriter or the artist. And so I, that's, again, that's the partnership that we have. My job and my role is to continue to encourage, inspire mm-hmm. these guys. That even though it's a no, it's okay, we're going to find somebody else. So, yeah. you know, but that drive of not getting, I don't care that they pass on it, I'm still going to write and I'm still going to keep writing until I get to that song. Because it, it, you know, not every song is going to be a great song. We want it to be a yeah. great song, but a lot of times you write you, you're writing and then you you're writing to get to that next song, mm-hmm. and and so I think the drive, the passion, 
the heart behind why they're wanting to be an artist, why they're wanting to be a songwriter. You know, I think that the some of the best songwriters are songwriters that aren't so focused on writing the single. Mm. Um, they're not so focused about, about I've got to write this particular song so it's on the radio. They do it because they love it and they can't think of doing anything else. Mm-hmm. And and it's also those those artists and songwriters that I have to keep up with. And I think labels love that too because you never want, it's harder to work with an artist that you're dragging along. Yeah. You want to work with yeah. those artists and those songwriters that are so passionate that you're like, wait, hold on, <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to catch up to you. You know, those are the people that I want to work with because it keeps me on my toes and it challenges me. And it's like, okay, they're running. They're already down. You know, they're almost to the finish line. I've got to go and catch up with them. Well, that's, I don't think I've heard that. I mean, half the job of the publisher is to encourage and inspire. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because we hear a lot about the mechanics of it of, well, you got to make sure that their schedule's full. You got to make sure that the songs are properly registered. You got to make sure that this and this person are working for them. But just as songwriters, we need so much encouragement and inspiration just because like you said especially in the beginning you're getting 99 no's for one yes Mm -hmm. and so i'm glad you said that because that's something as a music publisher that that's a huge benefit for having a music publisher it's almost like you get you you get the publisher but then you get therapy for (laughs) free (laughs) (laughs) well it's something that since almost day one when i started emi christian i feel like and again, I was a very young Christian at the time when I started at AMI Christian, and the Lord placed on my heart, encourage, inspire, create, those mm-hmm. three words. And I had a friend, April Jesbray, by the way, I should probably throw out that name. She's an amazing songwriter. Um, Aaron Schust, right? My, yes, My Hope is in my You. My Hope is yeah. in You. Mm-hmm. April was in my office, and she I was telling her that story, and she came in the next day and made these beautiful signs for me encourage inspire create and they follow me wherever i go they're in my office in my home right now but that's what i feel like is my calling really in whatever i do but it's to encourage which hopefully will inspire the songwriters so that they can create the best the best song the best you know what create whatever it is that they're creating that they you know will be able to create her slogan is this. much more elegant than ours. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Wait, what ours is this? Three words that is dare to suck. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't quite. Yeah. yeah. Dare to suck. You know, it, yeah, I like that too, but though. It comes, you know. Both well, you of can them t- work. You yes, can tell they that both work. We uh, and this is another reason why I love. I love that <laughs> that we get to work with you because my wife always gives me a hard time about this, and this is leading into my kind of my next question. There's a big difference between how men operate the music business and how women operate in it. Yeah. And there's there's a little bit more grace and elegance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to us, to some of that permeating into yeah. our... <laughs> sometimes you need that little edge taken so, off yeah. the sides. Well, and sometimes we need we need a little more of, of an edge. Yeah. So, you know, that's the beauty of it all. You know, it's like I've had people ask me recently, are you going to create a whole team of women around you and and it's like boss babe <laughs> boss babe <laughs> hashtag and um i i mean it's one of the things that i hope that down the road or you know that even in my career that i've been able to inspire encourage 
women in, within the industry. But I think that we need each other. That again, it's all back to what I keep saying. It takes a village. You need that team. And there's something that women bring to the table that is obviously a little bit different. And there's something that men bring to the table that's that's different as well. And if we can gel together and work together, wow, what a great team that we would have. I mean, but well, it's ironic because to make it sound technical and sciency, I mean. In Christian music, the target demographic is primarily women that listen to Christian radio. Mm-hmm. So it's a little ironic that it's run by mostly men. Yeah, there's only a few of us in the Christian world. You know, you've got Holly, Zapka, and Carrie, and myself. I mean, I was thinking about this morning, but then you look at the country market, and you've got people like Beth Laird from Creative Nation, Carla Wallace, Big Yellow Dog. There's definitely, you know, more of that in the country world and then you've got Jody Gershon who's running the whole publishing um, division of Universal worldwide and she is a rock star and I you know and it's like I look up to to those people um, those women who are doing what they're doing and they're doing it with determination and character and and again it's like they they just have a love for music, you yeah. know? I mean, at the end of the day, it's like they, they're doing what they're doing because of their, their love of, of, of it and those, yeah. those songwriters. Well, that's, so. and this is a whole other rabbit trail that I don't want to go too far down, but I have a daughter now, so I'm becoming more increasingly passionate about it, and I'm probably more of a feminist than a lot of feminists are. <laughs> I think there's a big line in the sand almost with, and this comes from, you know, Christian music based in the church and, historically in America, I mean, it's it's a very roles-centered thing. I mean, the, the woman stays at home, does the cooking, the cleaning, and man goes to work. It's a very role-centered society. And I think when you start to get outside of the realm of the church a little bit, hence country music and pop, there's a lot more progressive view on, hey, women can do you know, maybe not the same things men do, but they can do as equally as great mm-hmm. of things. Yep. You know what I mean? That's been fun even for me to see. I mean, we've we've worked, like on this High Valley record, we got to work with Chris Lacey, who's mm-hmm. a great... He's amazing. Encouraging, inspiring A&R person. Yeah. Amazing. I don't think we've ever done a record. That's weird. We've never yeah. done a record with a female A&R wow. until now. Well, and you also look at Connie Bradley, who used to run ASCAP. Mm. You look at Francis Preston, who was such a huge advocate for songwriters at BMI. I mean, those two women... They, again, were rock stars to me, and I was grateful to have and spend time with them along the years when I was working in the the country market. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's like God has a calling for each each of us, and it's going to look different for everyone. And I think that if we can, you know, I don't have children yet, but if we could, you know, create an environment that they know who who they are in Christ, they know who uh, their, their identity isn't in their job, their role. And I think that's been the biggest thing that I've had to learn over this last year is my identity isn't in working for a company or mm. or, or working for specific people. My identity is in Christ. I'm a daughter of the King and a child of God. And God has called me to what I said before, encourage, inspire, create, and whatever that looks like and whoever that works for, that's the best. That is so amazing that I get to do whatever that looks like for that day. And I think that's what I encourage young women and young men even to just find out who they are. Ask the Lord. 
ask the Holy Spirit, who who am I? And show me what I'm supposed to do today. Show me what, what you've called me to do and then chase after it. Because that's really what I did, even though I didn't know the Lord as a kid. I chased after my dream. I chased after the thing that brought light into my life that that was like it was like a fire ignited mm-hmm. and and i was chasing after that passion that that i was really called to do so that's good that's great you say that your typical job is to encourage and inspire but through the years of working in publishing ha- has the publishing business changed have you noticed things evolving as especially as the music industry has changed so much especially recently with all the digital mediums right yeah it's definitely i think in the in the early days <laughs> in the old days <laughs> the olden when there, days when there were oh gosh when there were dats i mean people don't even know what those are oh, I've been i was there. <laughs> that's what i was doing in EMI christian i was transcribing dats to cd form but um yeah, we used to pull those around in our horse and buggies. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and reel to reel. When I was at EMI Country, uh, Bruce Birch used to, we used to talk about the reel to reels and how they would, that's how they would pitch songs. And sometimes the tape would break wow. and so they would have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have to stop and tape it back up and play the song again. Oh my word. It was, it was so easy now. And that's the thing too. I think that, you know, we have full access. Yeah so quick we can just send an mp3 download you know you can hear it so quickly and so i think that the change that i see is the i don't want it to sound like a negative thing but it's it's the lack of even having one-on-one meetings with with Mm -hmm. anr people um, in all genres it's all about sending the song getting it done quickly and and what i've loved about our industry is that there's so much you can learn if you go and sit down and you play a song for a Chris Lacey or a Brian Wright or a Brad O'Donnell or James Rieger, you know, it's so much that you can learn when you actually sit down and play songs for people. You mm-hmm. find out what the bigger picture is for that particular artist. You find out really why they like or it that song doesn't necessarily fit. And so that's been a change mm-hmm. because now it's probably less meetings. It's more sending those songs through through MP3s. It's you know, even as a, as a publisher, we're not just setting up co-writes anymore. I mean, that's still a big part of what we do. And I think that that's a challenge for songwriters that are just songwriters. Because I think that, again, several years ago, you were setting a songwriter up with another songwriter and they're writing a song and then you're pitching it. Mm-hmm. And now you are setting up a songwriter, hoping that you can get in with a producer and an artist. And so it's a little more of a chess game trying to figure out how to create an opportunity for that particular songwriter to make that co-write worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's a little bit of a of a change too. And, and I think that we're also chasing down other revenue streams or chasing down a, even a Christian songwriter. It's like, that's what they did. They wrote songs for the church or they wrote songs for CCM records. And now we're doing that, but then we're also trying to write country or we're also looking to try to write songs for TV and film for sync. And, and it's all because the royalties are, are dwindling a little bit because mm-hmm. of, of mechanical licenses. You know, we're not selling as many records. It's all streaming and going towards subscription. And so that has really affected the songwriting community. So our job now is a lot more than just setting up co-writes. It's finding more opportunities for each songwriter and each artist. Mm. So 
you were talking about streaming there for a minute and how it's become a much bigger part of of the industry. A lot of labels are saying that streaming is the savior for the music business. How do you feel about that? Do you think that's an accurate statement? I don't know that it's the savior of the music industry. I mean, that particular word word for me, it's like God's the only savior. So I, I, you know, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. It'll be interesting to see. I think as the seasons go along, I think everyone thought that about CDs. I think everybody thought that about digital downloads, that was going to be the saving grace. And it's going to be just an evolving time in our industry. And again, I think that we can either get down and out about it, or we can jump in there and jump on the train and do whatever we can to figure out ways to, I mean, I'm, because at all the other companies, I had a specific thing that I, that I did, and Mm -hmm. I'm having an opportunity to learn so much about YouTube and getting artists on YouTube and and the royalties that come in from that, figuring out playlisting on Spotify. Um, There's so many different ways to go about that and look at that. So I'm spending my time studying and learning and growing as well. And I think that's what we have to do. We can't get stuck holding on for dear life for what used to be because that train has it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> that ship has sailed. And so we got we've gotta just, you know, keep going and keep learning and keep growing and doing whatever whatever we can. I think even as a community, it's been interesting to see different PR the PROs coming together now too, mm-hmm. just because of the what's the word I'm looking for? The DOG that the decision. This, that yeah, made. the decision that they made and just seeing how I think it's gonna be a, a season where the record labels, the publishing companies, where we're all gonna it would be great to see us all kind of come together and help each other. I think the more that we do that, the not that that's the saving grace either, but I just think that we're just all going to have to work together as a team to get what we want and to really do what we can to educate people about what streaming means and how it really does affect songwriters. I mean, I think that's the biggest problem is, is education. That You know, the kids don't know. They, the people that are, that are buying or streaming – for free, they have no idea that they're streaming this and that, you know, songwriters and artists are not getting paid for this at all. They have no idea that's how they do their life. So I think, you know, if we can all come together, we can all, you know, speaking to Congress or speaking to, you know, whoever will listen and letting them know that we've got to do whatever we can to help these songwriters and their artists. This is their, this is their bread and butter. And what can we do to help sustain them so that, that they don't go away. Yeah. That's great. So as we're kind of closing out, I want to know, it's kind of a two-part question. First part being, what has it been like and what is it like to be a girl in the music business? And then number two, what advice do you give to a maybe a girl who's looking to jump into it? What What would you have said to you back in, you know, 94 when you first got into it? Well, I think that, I mean, I think it's interesting that the story I said in the beginning, how I was looking up to Winona Judd, the Judds, and how they they threw that out there. Let my dream become your dream. They made it seem so attainable. They made it sound like, hey, anybody can do this. And again, I think if you have the desire and the talent and the passion and the willingness to to go after that dream, then anything can really happen. And so I would just say to younger women, younger artists, younger songwriters, to just run after their dreams, 
to not be afraid, to not to not to be fear, not to let fear stand in your way. I think that that is a big hindrance for all of us. I think we let fear stand in the way, fear of failure, fear of what people are going to think about us, fear of not doing it right or not sounding right or writing a bad song or, you know, but fear, if we can get past that fear and not be afraid of failure, because failure is actually, it's, it really doesn't have to be a big deal. You can learn from your mistakes and move on and grow and become even better at what you're doing because of those Mm. failed moments, you know? And um, if you're not failing, it just feels like you're kind of in the little safe box to me anyway. And I don't want to be in a box. I want to be out and about and going chasing after my dreams. I mean, I still have dreams in my heart and I still have things that I want to do. And I think that anything can happen. Yeah. Anybody can do whatever it is that they, and I, again, I think it's it's a calling. It's asking the Lord, what what is it that I'm supposed to do and how am I supposed to do it? And then chasing after that. Well, that's phenomenal. Well, Stacy, thanks so much for taking the time. I know you're a busy person running the world, yes. but uh, we're honored that you would, uh, and our listeners are, are, are really thankful that you'd stop by the Full Circle Music Show. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to be here, and uh, thank you for having me. Hi, this is Seth Mosley, and you've been listening to the Full Circle Music Show, the why of the music biz. This show has been produced by the Full Circle Music Company with editing help from Jericho Scroggins. Once again, head over to iTunes, leave us a good rating and a good review. That helps us out more than you know. We thank you for those of you who have already done that. And head over to fullcirclegoeslive.com to get registered. One of those last few slots that are available for the Music Makers Boot Camp. It's going to be a blast and you're not going to want to miss it if you're an aspiring producer or a songwriter, all the way from the beginners to the experts. This thing's going to have something for everybody. So... I'm looking forward to hanging with you. Literally, there's no green room. I'll be there. The the faculty will be there. We'll just be there to hang, answer questions, build relationship, and get to know you guys over that three-day period. And for our VIP members, which that sold out long ago, you're going to get an extra day in studio with us. So pretty fun. Uh, Anyways, we will see you next week. And thanks for sticking with us on the Full Circle Music Show.